Bibles, turn to the book of Daniel. If you're able to continue to stand, that'd be great. In honor of the word. If not, if you're not able to, make yourself comfortable. Let's all prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord tonight. Daniel chapter 1. Thank you, Pastor Alex, worship team. And uh, we're going to read verse 8 through 17. We'll then go to Daniel chapter 2, read 18 and 19, then verse 27, 28, and then Daniel chapter 2, 46 to 49. And if you can't remember that, I'll be sure to bring it to your attention (laughs) as we move along. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 through 17. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, please test your servants for 10 days, verse 12. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat, water to drink, then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who ate royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Go to chapter 2. Find verse 18, please. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven And said, and it is so powerful, I'm just going to keep reading for a moment. Praise be the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He disposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God, of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. I just love that prayer right there. Go to verse 27 of that same chapter, Daniel chapter 2 and verse 27 and through 28. Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he's asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. 
who has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what is to happen in the days to come, your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying on your bed are these. And he goes ahead and tells them, verse 46 now, and I'll put it all together. Daniel chapter 2, verse 46 to 49. If you're all there, say, woo! All right, very good. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering of incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is a God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries, for you were able to resolve, pardon me, you were able to, to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of his wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can take time now to break open the word of truth, the unfolding revelation of your word to us tonight. I pray that you would indeed speak to us with great clarity. Holy Spirit, come upon me and anoint these lips of clay once again. Anoint all of us to have ears to hear and hearts to respond. Lord, set our hearts on fire tonight, I pray, with the truth that comes from these texts by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Move the way you want to move. We won't stop you. We'll be sure to give you all the praise. In fact, we're going to do it right now. Come on, shout to God like he just done every miracle for you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We've been uh, in a series, it's freshly started, on the anointing. I'm calling it the anointing and the anointed. And we've talked about what the anointing is and, and gave you New Testament application from the theology of the Apostle Paul and how the anointing, what it means from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And we talked about being filled with the Spirit and praying in other tongues and how God anointed us. And we talked about 1 Corinthians there in chapter one, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And then last Wednesday, we preached a message entitled The Joseph Anointing and how appropriate it was because it was just before Christmas. And I hope you all had a wonderful, a wonderful Christmas. Did you all have a wonderful time celebrating the birth of Jesus? Amen. I, I'm just going to feel free to flow in the Holy Ghost uh, just a little bit. Um, I don't think I've met you before, but I have a word for you. You're a worshiper. You love to worship. You sing all the time. You wake up with music in your head. I mean, it's just like worship is, is the main thing that you'd like to do. And, and there's, a, there's a very special unction, anointing on you to worship. And the Lord tells me to tell you this. As you lift your voice and as you worship Him with complete abandon, God is going to take care of some things for you. There are some assignments that, are, that have been like, like fires all around you. And I see God using this gift of worship and His power to come like Jehoshaphat and just stomping out the darkness, stomping out these fires and releasing wisdom to you. It's going to be okay and restoration is on its way. Sing and dance and proclaim the decree of the Lord and watch and see what he's going to do. Be encouraged tonight. Amen. God's got a great thing. Just It's all done but the shouting, so you might as well shout now. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. 
So we're talking about the anointing and, and the anointed. And I, I, I took the, the sermon title series uh, from Dr. Morocco, who preached a mess- messages along these lines many years ago, and they so impacted me. And he took different characters. And I've done the same thing and uh, pulled it together and pieced it together and made butter for you. So I hope it's going to really encourage you. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the Daniel anointing, the Daniel anointing. Now, there is no specific anointing, the Daniel anointing, but you could call it that. You see, it's how the Holy Spirit operated through the prophet Daniel. The Holy Spirit wants to move through you in unique ways. And I will tell you, as you look throughout Scripture and you see the anointing, the power of God to do God stuff, anointing, the the God enablement to do what God calls you to do, the anointing. The anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. I think I'm going to put that on on airport. You might want to do the same thing. The anointing makes all the difference. Without the anointing, nothing will happen. Really. And God wants to anoint us. He wants to put his power on us in such a way that everywhere we go, we make a difference. Daniel made a huge difference. Daniel was a tremendous man of God and really the revelation that God gave him in the latter part of the book there even affects us now. The book of Daniel is so profound and it's worthy really of a lifetime of study as is the entirety of scripture. Daniel. We've got a fast coming up January 8th through the 29th and uh, I want to begin to encourage you along those lines. Daniel is a man of prayer and fasting I've fasted and prayed ever since I came into the church. My mama fasted and prayed, and as a result, God delivered me from the hand of the fowler. I will tell you that fasting and prayer will break the back of the enemy. There's nothing, come on, nothing releases God's power like prayer and fasting. I, I love what one man of God said, that fasting brings your heart before the burning bush of God's presence. And if you're not feeling his power and feeling his presence like you used to, he's not the one that moved. You need to position yourself again to receive from him. And folding down your humanity is a good place to start. Folding down your humanity and putting, putting your flesh down. Come on, pushing yourself away from the table to seek the Lord and to, to long for him, to hunger for him. And uh, God will come and meet you. And Daniel, Daniel is, uh, is an amazing man of God who, ju- who did just that. This is a type of fast that we read here in Scripture. It's called the Daniel fast, where he had just a pulse, as the King James says, vegetables and water, but he didn't drink wine. He didn't have choice meats. He didn't have sweets. It's called the Daniel fast. And as we enter into this time of prayer and fasting in the next 21 days from January 8th, Come on, begin to ask for God's grace between now and then that he would help you. In January 8th, I'd encourage you to commit to prayer and fasting for 21 days. At the end of those 21 days, uh, on the eve of the 21st day, we'll have a miracle service. We haven't made that announcement yet because he just spoke to me to do it uh, just tonight. So that'll be on the 28th, I believe. We'll have a miracle service. 
and uh, you want to bring the sick, the halt, the withered, the lame, bring them in. We'll have a miracle service. In fact, every service is a miracle service, but something happens wonderfully at the end of that 21-day fast. And we'll be fasting and praying and seeking God for revelation, seeking God to speak to us concerning uh, the church and the plans that we're to go and the things that we're to do. Come on, you need God's revelation in this hour. You really do. And God's looking for people to be like Daniel. Daniel was in the right place at the right time that caused change. He really is. God has a strategy. You know what his strategy is? To find a man, to find a woman, to put his power on them and put them in the right place. They wouldn't shrink back from speaking the truth. They wouldn't shy away from thus saith the Lord. That'll stand in agreement with his word, his plan, not be moved by the things of time, tradition, or the, or the defilement of our culture. And so Daniel was a unique man. Can, can God trust you to be in the right place at the right time? It seems I'm being continually tested of whether I'll speak the truth in the midst of pressure. And uh, I'd encourage you, no matter what pressure you feel, if it's contrary to what truth is, stand your ground. And having done all else, continue to stand. And if people don't like it, they can stick it, whatever that means. Do the right thing and let the chips fall. God wants to fulfill his will in this generation and beyond. It's going to take a bunch of Daniels, Deborahs, if you will. We'll talk about Deborah too. It's going to take a bunch of people that are anointed by the Holy Spirit that are not moved by the culture of this day and the defilement thereof and move in power and unction to speak the truth to kings, to priests, and everybody in between, from those in low position to high position, not moved by, by, by wealth, or fame, or fortune, but moved by God. How was it that Daniel could be used by God in this way? And there's four things that I see here from this, these texts that we read that set him in a position to be used by God. The Daniel anointing is to be in the right place at the right time to be used by God to change history. I mean, that's how I see it. But how did that happen? Well, first of all, understand that... <laughs> He chose his, his situation as an opportunity to be used by God even though he was taken captive and chosen to be in the king's service. Now you might think, oh, he was chosen to be in the king's service. Yeah, that means he was made a eunuch. I didn't say unique. Everyone's unique. A eunuch is one who's lost their ability to procreate. Let me shoot high. And so Daniel, yeah, what a, wow, what honor. Chosen in the king's service. Thanks, no thanks. He's a eunuch. And even though he's captive and even though he's a slave, he chose really to the high road to be used by God in the midst of his incredibly difficult situation. There are some that are here, you're bemoaning your difficulty and you're, you're, you're complaining and you're arguing when God wants to. Come on, you're not a eunuch, I don't think. <laughs> it could be a lot worse, that's my point. The point is, no matter how difficult or how painful it might, it might seem, no matter what you're going through or the lack of finances or the emotional difficulty, come on, you can turn it around with the help of God. You can turn your situation around. And that's what Daniel did. Wow. You know, many things we don't have a choice over. You don't have a choice over the family you're born into. 
You didn't have a choice over the, the, the body that you got. I mean, you got a genetic pool that they, you ended up with whatever you got. Loss of hair. Maybe you have a lot of hair. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just saying, we didn't have a choice over whether we lose hair or not. I know you can pray and God can intervene and change your DNA. I understand all of that. I believe that. I believe that's true. We don't have a choice about the family we're in. We didn't have a choice about the nation we were born into. We didn't have a choice about our red and yellow, black or white. We didn't have a choice about many, many things. But I'll tell you what you do have a choice about. You do have a choice of whether you can serve God and overcome darkness. You do have a choice of whether you can be, you know, just miserable and complaining or you can change your attitude. You do have a choice of whether you can have gratitude or whether you can be a murmurer and a complainer releasing darkness on your life. You have a choice about that. You see, the glory of man, I've taught you over and over and over. You have the ability to choose. And your choices will determine your future. And if you don't like your past, then why don't you change the choices you're making now? If you don't like what you see in the rear view mirror as you look back and you see a bunch of destruction. Now we do, we do understand the destruction of the innocent and that's when kids are born into families and families are so dysfunctional. Listen, every family's dysfunctional. Come on, they forgot Jesus. Jesus' family was dysfunctional. They left him behind at 12 years old. I heard somebody try to say, they, they should never have done that. Yeah, that's right. They should never have done it. I heard somebody try to dismiss it and say, no, that was just a culture. I think they should have probably known where their 12-year-old was. I'm just saying. Are you criticizing? <laughs> yeah, I am. Gosh, I saw something about Mary and Joseph being refugees. Did anybody see that? They were refugees. No, they weren't. They went to Bethlehem to register. Hello. Okay. Illegal immigration. Anyway. You have a choice. You have a choice. You really do. You have a choice to live for God or a choice not to. You didn't have a choice about your family. You didn't have a choice about your hair color, even though maybe you've changed it so many times you don't even know what your original color is. You didn't have a choice about many things, but you do have a choice about whether you serve God in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your circumstances. Stop complaining what has happened leaving long ago. Don't let it make you bitter. Don't get bitter. Get better. And begin to see now, Lord, how do you, what do you want to do now? How do you want to turn this around now? How can I serve you now? See your situation as an opportunity. That's the first thing. Second thing is he continued to obey God in spite of extreme pressure to conform to the world. And I, I see this. I see extreme pressure around, especially our younger ones. I resolved a number of years ago, really not all that many, but I'm just glad I finally came to that place of maturity where I really don't care what anybody thinks about me, mostly. I really care about my wife and, you know, so those that are closest to us, those are the ones that, that we, you know, we don't want to hurt or whatever. But I mean, if people don't like you because the way that you are, who cares? Who cares? Who gives a fig? They can pound the sand. Serve God with your hair on fire. If they don't like it, well, they can just go somewhere else, do something else, find some other friends. Hello? If you're in it for a popularity contest, man, I, 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 that's a scary thing. The, the, the love of the world increases with more money, fame, fortune, you know, better looks as they see it, whatever, on, so on, so forth. That's the love of the world. That's not the love of God. The love of God's consistent to you. Whether you have hair, don't have hair, whether you look good or educated or you think you're ugly, it doesn't matter. He loves you. Come on, God loves you. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, he's talking to you tonight. Come on, tell him. 
the pressure that he was under to eat the king's food was really amazing. You know, God used food in the Old Testament and, and, and in the New. He, he used it in a way to, to exclude his people from the rest of people. Now, just think about this. How many of you like Chinese food? Okay. If you don't eat Chinese food, you are never going to be around Chinese people. No, I mean, they might be, you know, we might be eating a, a Subway and there'd be somebody that's Chinese. That's not what I mean. I mean, like ongoing. Chinese people eat Chinese food. Filipinos eat. Oh, God love them. Praise the Lord. If you've never had peanut bet, then you need to be delivered. It's the nearest thing next to manna, I think. How many of you like Italian food? Hey. There's all kinds of different food in the world. God chose food to take his people and one of the things to, to make them different than everybody else. They couldn't have dairy and meat. There's all kinds of regulations. And, and some would say, well, that's the better, the healthy way to eat. I, I don't know about all that. I just know that he used food as a way of making them holy, making them separate other than. And I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but man, in the morning... You know, you don't, you don't get any, you know, when you get dairy in the morning, is that what it was? In the morning, you get dairy in the morning. You do not have dairy at night. There's like meat and stuff at night. In the morning, you get all your dairy, but God help you. The two, the two don't, no matter where you are, they don't, they don't blend. There was like, there was like riots when McDonald's came to, oh, there was like riots when McDonald's came to Israel because, you know, you have a cheeseburger. <laughs> That's a major no-no. Hello. So he used food. God used food. And so here he's being offered food that's from the king's table, but it was a defiling thing for him because he was a Jew. Listen, it's a picture of not conforming to the world. It's a picture of setting your, your heart, setting your gate, setting your, having a mindset to do the right thing, no matter what kind of pressure you're under. I, I remember talking to somebody years ago and they were, they were recovering from alcoholism, being healed, and they, they backslid. They, they, they ended up drinking again. So I'm talking to them and they're like, yeah, you know, I was just at the bar and I, I just, yeah, I just, you know, I broke down. I was like, oh, you were where? I was at the bar. Well, what, what, what in God's name are you doing at the, dude, you're an, are you an alcoholic? Yes. What are you doing at the bar? Well, I was trying to minister to my friends. Well, I got news for you. Minister to them outside the bar. Maybe that's not the best place for you to be. If you can't handle your device, get rid of your device. If you're caving into the world all the time, maybe you need to set your life up until you get strong enough in your character and integrity so you're not sucked into the same cesspool that God delivered you from. Yeah, Daniel continued to obey, obey God. And we're commanded by the word not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You cannot think the way you think, the way you used to think. Let me say that again. You cannot think the way you used to think. You can't afford to have thoughts inside your head that God doesn't have towards you. 
So if you have thoughts inside your head that don't line up with Scripture, you need to banish them. You need to cast down every high and lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God. And you need to not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, metamorpho, be changed like a, like a worm into a butterfly. That's metamorphosis. You've heard of metamorphosis? That's the word transform, metamorpho. Many people don't get transformed into the new creature, the new creation, walking in new creation reality and anointing and power because they don't renew their minds. Listen, I, I got to say this to you. I, 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 uh, I uh, go to the gym a little bit and I went and did some cardio the other day. And I've, I've upped my game. So I, I was a, I'm a decommissioned athlete, they call, they call me. Does anybody know what a decommissioned? That's somebody that used to like play sports, and now you're too old to actually be considered, and that's what they call a decommissioned. It's like a decommissioned, uh, you know, uh, battleship or something. Amen. I can still shoot, I can still shoot my guns, amen, but, but praise the Lord, I'm, I guess I'm a decommissioned athlete. You've got to be careful. Certain things, you've just got to be careful. So I, I, I've been doing cardio and kind of upping my, upping my intensity, and so I love music. Does anybody else love music? So I, I, I logged on to, I don't know what it was. Yes, Apple Music. And I found a set list that was motivational for, for, you know, working out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can find it on Pandora. You can do all kinds of stuff like that. So it's, you know, doof, 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 doof. <laughs> you know, I started, started working out, listening to this music and kind of getting into it. And, you know, the next song comes up and man, it's defiled. So I skip it. And the next one's, the next one's good. It was, it was a Christian artist. In fact, it was pretty good, great rhythm and all that, but the lyrics were like kind of heavy, but it was motivational, but the, I didn't like the lyrics. So I just kept moving through. So I finally found a few songs that worked for me and were kind of motivational as I was going through crucifixion on the Stairmaster. I mean, it's like it almost get neurotic thinking about doing that again. It's just really, really hard. And so the music is sort of keeping me up, and I just I needed some fresh beats. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, the only thing is, is that even though, and it wasn't all Christian artists, and I almost always listen to worship music, I found after I played the set list through a few times that something was turning in me. And it started bothering me. And then I heard a song, then I heard a song, I mean, this even Christian artists, okay? So then I heard a song that just reminded me of something 30 years ago that wasn't good. And so it's just like, you know, off, and I finished my thing, and I was thinking, man, that really affected me. And the Lord's like, yeah, you're very auditory. You need to be careful. And so I, I, we talked about it at the dinner table. And I found a swirling in my heart that I, had to get, that I had to get a hold of and fight and throw down. It wasn't like a big sin and huge temptation. I just noticed it because I don't do that a lot. And I thought, man, what about people that listen to that all the time and are believers? I'm not even talking about nasty. I'm, I'm not talking about nasty music. I'm not talking about F-bombs and all that. There's no way I'd be going there. I'm just talking about this, some sad story of whatever. I don't know. One of the artists was NF. It was just depressing about how his parents didn't understand him and all this stuff. And, but it had some kind of cool rhythms. But I, I found it, this thing getting on me. NF's a believer. I'm not knocking his music. I'm just saying, for me, it doesn't work. And I thought, my gosh, I can't do that. 
So I got back on the Stairmaster today, go for another crucifixion, and guess what? I didn't listen to that. You know why? Because I'm not, I cannot allow my heart to be stirred like that. And I will tell you that the enemy wants to come and cause your, to be just, your, your worship to be a little polluted, a little distorted. And you got to be really careful. And, and where's my youth at? Give me a shout. Come on, someone say, all the youth say hallelujah. Yeah, so if you just allow yourself to listen to that all the time, you are soaking your heart and soaking your mind in stuff that might not be the best for you. Daniel didn't do that. He didn't just eat the food. Don't just, someone say, push yourself away from the table. You know what I'm talking about spiritually. Listen, there's people you shouldn't hang out with. Man, the Bible says that you shouldn't hang out with a brother who fornicates. Or a sister. What are you talking about? Somebody who lives a lifestyle of sin and they say that they love God. You shouldn't even eat a meal with them. I'm not talking about being a mean jerk and a cuss. I'm not saying that. You be kind. You be gracious, but you shouldn't be eating with them. Unless you're ministering to them to get them, you know, so you can correct them or help them lovingly. You who are spiritual, that's not you with the plank in your eye. You understand? You know, you got all your own issues, so you go and try to get the tweezers and you're hitting them in the head with all your own issues. Some, some of you hang out with people you, you should hang out with like a hole in the head. I just kind of feel the Holy Ghost right now just kind of pushing me from behind. You need to separate yourself from some people that are poison to you. What if they don't like me? If they, if they really love you, then they're going to understand that you're, you're coming aside. I don't mean being a religious nut job. I mean protecting yourself, but at the same time, I don't, I don't have fellowship with people that are just in debauchery. Do I minister to them? All the time. Do I talk to them? Yes. Do they come and sit around my table? No. Unless the Lord speaks to me to do that, and then I'd have that too. But you've got to be sensitive and careful. And, and so Daniel... Daniel, he, in midst of extreme pressure, didn't conform to the world. Don't you conform. There ain't nothing there anyway. Look at three. Third thing, C. He sought the Lord for revelation. You'll see this in verse 18. Many people want great revelation, but they're not willing to, they're not willing to fast. They're not willing to pray. They're not willing to spend time with the one who releases it. Revelation is released based upon the intimacy. Intimacy produces fruitfulness, but if you don't spend time with God, you're not going to have any intimacy with him. And why would God speak to you the secrets of darkness if he can't trust you with tithing? If he can't trust you with, with, with what he's already given you, why would he give you more? That's poor stewardship. Come on, I, I trust my kids, you know, with my vehicles, mostly. Well, what do you mean by that? I trust them, but I also understand that there's driving conditions and things that are up, like right now. There's a whole lot of black ice right now. You all know that, right? A lot of black ice. Okay, why is that? Because the temperature dropped, exhaust, you know, uh, there, there's a new patch of ice, by the way, that, that really wasn't there about a year ago. And that's right outside the, the uh, car wash place as, the, as uh, Palmer Wasilla Highway before the Wasilla Christian School, just by, just by the Fred Myers. All those cars pulling out right there, right where it condenses. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Headed to Palmer. Yeah, there's a whole sheet of ice right there. Okay, so I trust my kids, but I also let them know, hey, uh, by the way, 
There's some new ice right there. See, if you, if you don't understand, if God does, shows you something, but you're not willing to steward it right, why would he give you more? Proverbs 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with those that fear him and he will show him his covenant. Revelation and illumination of the heart and mind brings kingdom power. Let me say that again. Revelation of the heart and mind, illumination, revelation brings kingdom power when acted upon. And any revelation that you have that doesn't transform your life to becoming more like Jesus isn't revelation. That's some information that you gathered to wow somebody maybe in your small group or on your friends or on Facebook so you can say some cool thing that sounds deep maybe. But if it doesn't really change you on the inside and make you more like Christ, then really that's not revelation. It might be somebody else's revelation. Oh, I've done that before. Share someone else's revelation. That's really awesome. The only thing is, it's not mine. I haven't internalized it. It hasn't become real to me. I try never to do that. And sometimes I'm grappling with things and I'll throw them out to help you and, and I'm growing into deeper revelation. Does that make sense? He sought the Lord for revelation. When is the last time you sought the Lord for revelation? This is the Daniel anointing. He didn't know what to do. So he fasted, he prayed, he got alone with God. He talked to his friends. They had an all night prayer meeting. By the way, Friday night. This Friday night, we had an all night prayer meeting. They sought the Lord and God spoke to them. Listen, their life was on the line. They were going to die. The king had had a dream and he calls all the wise men and the diviners and all the people that thought they knew something and said, okay, I had a dream. I want you to tell me what it is. And I want you to give me the interpretation. How about that? How many of you have the gift of dream interpretation? Gift of dream interpretation. Oh yeah, I'll interpret your dream for you. What's your dream? So you tell them the dream, then they give you some interpretation, right? No, that's not what the king did. The king said, I had a dream. I'm not going to tell you the dream. You're going to find the dream and you're going to tell me what it means. How's that? Um, I don't get to hear the dream. No, you have to know that too. And you get the end and the revelation of it. So Daniel goes and prays, and that's where we read that prayer of his. Oh, God, you know everything. Oh, you, the, the hidden riches of darkness. God, you have it all. You spoke to me. Because God gave him the dream. Daniel was willing to pay the price. There is revelation waiting for you in the quiet time you never have. You want power to set the captives free. You want power to heal your marriage. You want power to overcome your addiction. You want power to get healing in your heart. But you do not spend time in the word and you don't spend time in prayer. So what makes you think you're actually going to have that? Now, here's the good news. The good news is you can come to church and, and you can ride on the coattails of other people's depth of walk in the Lord and grow in God and get discipled by great men of God and women of God that we have as leaders in this house. And, and I, I will tell you that I've done that and I do that. I'm connected with people that, that yeah, absolutely. It's called being discipled, right? Amen, yeah. But then there comes a time when you need to get your own stinking steak knife out and cut off a piece of meat yourself. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Come on. He loves everyone the same, but there's those who pay a price. Loves everybody the same, but he has intimate ones. And if you pay the price and you can go deeper in God, if you don't pay the price, I thought the price has been paid. Yes, crucifixion, resurrection, the price, your sin. But that's like, that's like entry level. Oh, yeah, salvation, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're saved. Yeah, great. But that's, if you're just supposed to be saved, then you drop dead right after you got saved. You'd pray the sinner's prayer and you'd be like, Ugh! 
right to heaven. Right? That we wouldn't have to have a counseling department. Wouldn't have to just, just get people saved. Right? That's not the case, though. So you're left here. Why are you left here? To grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, to become more like him, to represent him, to be his minister of reconciliation, to be his ambassador, to, 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 to represent Christ, to represent the Lord everywhere we go, to our family, to our community. Right? We have, we have enough Christians by name. You know what I mean by that? They call themselves a Christian, but they don't have any power and they don't walk in holiness and purity. We don't need that. That's all. The only reason that happens is because people are not discipled. They don't get healed. They don't get delivered. And when there's no widespread revelation, people cast off restraint. You need to go deep in God. I need to go deep in God. We need revelation. I need revelation. If you need revelation, why don't you ask for it right now? God, release revelation to us. Release revelation to us. Open the eyes of our heart. Illuminate our understanding. God, help us to position ourselves to hear from you. That's what Daniel did. Fourthly, he gave glory to God. That's verse 19 and verse 28. When Daniel got the revelation, he gave glory to God. The results of Daniel being in the right place at the right time was he saved his own life. If you are able to live in this Daniel anointing, if you will, you're going to save your own life and you're going to save the lives of those that are connected to you. That's what Daniel did. Placed in a position to speak God's will. He was used to communicate God's will to the world. He was elevated to a place of great leadership and to be a greater influence for good. Listen, if you just love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling and put him first and love God, love people, be a lover of God, a deliverer of men, God will put you in places where he, he can use you. If you're making fame or, or large ministry your goal or large business your goal, then, then you've missed it. That can be an idol. Of his friends. He's used to communicate God's will. He was elevated to a place of great leadership to be a greater influence for good. Come on, how many of you wouldn't mind being elevated? He was elevated to Secretary of State. It'd be okay if God elevated you so you could speak his word. All six of you, praise the Lord. See, some of you want it now, but actually he's working on your character. I, I think Brother Barry Haggerty said this to me. If your character, if your anointing exceeds your character, you're going to kill somebody. So I've found that, that your character, God wants to work on your character. Oh, he'll release, I believe, corresponding anointing. You, you can believe for power and anointing, yes. But if you don't have the character to carry it, then you're going to kill someone. I remember years ago just being in a place where, like, I was convinced that Dr. Morocco, who my, was my pastor and is my pastor today, that he had just made a mistake. I mean, I just had to forgive him because he blew it. I knew I was supposed to be the next youth pastor. And, um, you know, I took over for Dr. Michael Gannon. This is 20 years ago took over for Dr. Michael Gannon and preached. I remember the fire of God coming down in that youth group and it, it went to 80 kids. The next was 50 kids and then it went to 80 kids. The power of God hit the place the second, the second of miracles, people being saved, kids on fire, screaming, shouting, worship, which is crazy. I just thought like, man, I have, I have died and gone to heaven. I've finally walked into my calling and anointing. The anointing! I was like ready to rock. I mean, I just felt like, I, oh, I just was just like a spiritual berserker in the Holy Ghost. I've calmed down a lot since then. 
So I think the third week came and power God and now they're going to make a decision about the new youth pastor. And I, we, my wife and I, man, I don't know what she was thinking. She probably knew better. She always does. But to me, I, I was just like, man, I'm the guy. I'm it. Thank you, Jesus. Finally. Yes, I get delivered from working in the world and I can go into full-time ministry. The dream of my life was to go into full-time ministry. And so then I remember a meeting. So uh, we've got some news. Um, Pastor Steve Franks is coming back from California and he's going to take the youth group. I mean, when it, when it came out of his mouth, it was like a slow motion punch to the face. <laughs> pastor Steve Franks is coming back. Now, he was there before and I knew he used to be the youth pastor. I'm like, no, no, he's coming back and he's going to take the youth group. <laughs> also, <laughs> it was terrible. Oh man, I was like, you know, I was like, hey, praise God, praise the Lord. God's will, God's will be done, amen. I mean, if you could curse in tongues, I'm pretty sure that's what that was. What? Yeah, what? You guys have done the same thing. I have no idea how that's going to tie into this. <laughs> Character. I had anointing that was, that was growing. I did not have the character. I wasn't ready. Well, I thought I was. I was seeming, seemingly the right age. There's a lot of things that looked right. I thank God for a pastor who prayed because I look back on my life now, knowing what I know now, about some of my weaknesses and challenges, and I look back and I go, man, I wasn't, that, that bun was half cooked. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Do, you pull the cake out before it's cooked and you, it's not good to eat a cake that's not cooked. Yeah, you, you stick the thing in, you pull out batter, still in the middle. Don't eat that. They ended up stuffing back in the fiery furnace. And when the fourth man showed up, it was then that I, God opened up the door. And many people don't know about, about that. You, you, you have to have the fourth man. You got to be willing to go through the fire, willing, willing, willing to go through the flood and just trust him and love him and stop looking for promotion. Stop looking for the thing to bust out on the right and the left. Just believe God for right where you are. I mean, bloom where you're planted, which I think is in my, my notes here somewhere. Be open to have God quicken your mind. Oh, live holy in an unholy world. Be, be open to have God quicken your mind. Daniel 1.17 is where I got that. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill and literature and wisdom. That means they studied. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. That, that, that means they studied. I think my grade point average in college was a 1.0. I didn't stay there too long. Until, yeah, that's pretty good, huh? No, baby, be encouraged. applying to schools to finish some of my education. And they're like, do you realize that your grade point average at that school was 1.0? I'm like, yeah. Is there a reason, uh, Pastor Bracken? Yes, there was. <laughs> Here's a really good reason why I was a 1.0. Anything else you want to know? <laughs> you guys don't think that's nearly as funny as I do. 
And I went, I went back to school when I was, I don't know how old I got married. We took our, we took our, our finances from, from our wedding and put it at my schooling and got my classes and went through 22 classes and got the best grades of my life. It was a two point something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But I remember what happened because I had such a blockage with some of the challenges I had with learning. I'm talking about allowing for God to quicken your mind. And I came to the front, and I can't tell you the whole story because it'll be too long, but Dr. Morocco laid hands on me. I said, Pastor, I, I need help to study. Doctor, you got to pray for me. He said, God's going to anoint you. He's going to touch your mind. He's going to give you a plan. Lift your hands. I lifted my hands, and he laid hands on me. It was like two big baseball mitts. Just the guy's hands are three times the size. Covered my skull with his hands. <laughs> Prayed for me. The power of God hit me. I hit the floor. And when I hit the floor, I got a plan from God. And I, the Lord showed me, I want you to worship me until my glory comes. When my glory comes, I'm going to show you what class to do. Have all the classes out in front of you. The glory comes, I'll show you what class to do. Pull the class out and start, and I will supernaturally help you. Yeah. That's all I had. I couldn't wait till the next opportunity. I came back, went home, laid it out, all the classes out in front of me. It was night, finished a long day of construction, went home, lifted my hands and started worshiping and put on my favorite eight-track tape or whatever it was back 100 years ago and pressed play and just worship God and worshiping God. And then it was like the whole atmosphere changed. The power of God came. The glory of God came. And it was just like, boom, something happened. And then it just kind of lifted and I saw all my classes. And, I, and like the one that I was supposed to do, like lit up. I'm not kidding. That's what happened. I thought, that's it. That's the class. I pulled it off and I just opened it. Half of me going, what are you doing? You can't, you know, what are you, you're not going to be able to do this. I just opened up in God's presence. By the time I looked up, it was three in the morning. I'd taken a midterm and got a straight A. I got an A. I took the midterm. I, I went through supernaturally half the class. Took the midterm by three in the morning. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to do all my classes. Supernaturally went through all of 22 classes in... Uh, about eight months. That's a lot of classes for eight months. And that's how, that's how we did it. Listen, God can touch the likes of your mind. If he can touch my mind, he can touch yours. And that's what these guys did. Get spiritual revelation. Everybody say, get spiritual revelation. Be a person of prayer. Be a what? Be a person of prayer. You've got to theologically understand the power of prayer and your role in it. Be a person of prayer. That's what Daniel was. This is the Daniel anointing. Amen. Rise up in leadership. Leadership's influencing people. Amen. Rise up in leadership. Amen. John Perry, Deandra. God is going to raise you up this year. I'm calling you out flat out in the middle of this thing. He's going to elevate you and he's going to raise you. He already is. But certain things he's waiting on you. And if you'll just say yes, I mean, in your mind, you might have a list of what might disqualify you. I mean, I don't know what goes on in your thought processes, but I, I'm telling you, as I'm preaching, I look out and I see, and the Lord says, tell them. I'm telling you, you will own your own business. You will write your own checks and you will be a tremendous leader. You already are a tremendous leader in this house. You're so humble and so gracious. You're so kind and so sweet. But there's power and anointing that what's going to flow through you to a dying and a hurting and a broken people. What I've put on you, John, says the Lord. What I've put on you, I haven't put on other people. You have your own unique testimony. You have your own unique anointing. I'm going to put you in high places. I'm, I, I, I'm making you like a Daniel. Don't argue with it. Don't argue with it. I'm making you like a Daniel. 
You know it's true. Your wife tells you. And you're put together. I've spared you. I saved you for such a time as this. I intervene over and over and over and over and over. And you're grateful. And him who loves much, him who's been forgiven much, loves much. That's you. But there's, there's so much more if you're willing to say yes. You might more work. It's more fun, really. Yeah, more work. But more anointing, more intimacy, more, more fire, more power, more fruit. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, the Daniel anointing. How the Holy Spirit moved through a man by the name of Daniel. Bloom where you're planted. Everybody say bloom where you're planted. You might, think, you might not think you're doing something great right now. Well, I'll tell you what the great thing is. Loving God and keeping your heart right. Bloom where you're planted. No matter what you're doing, you might think it's menial. You might think it doesn't matter. It matters because you're doing it unto the Lord. You're doing do it unto the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. You're working for Him. You're working for Him. It's right around the corner, Haggerty. Right around the corner. Just continue to keep your hand to the plow. You know, if you haven't had a chance to meet, we call him Brother Barry Haggerty, Reverend Barry Haggerty. He's pastored for years. and He's a great man. You need to meet this family. It's a great family right here. God's going to open up a way and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. He's doing it. He's heard your cries, heard your prayers. He's just setting you up. He's waiting, making sure everything's all, all lined up, getting everything all lined up, all the ducks in a row, so you can pick them off one by one. Going to elevate you, going to promote you. Anointing, power. Come on, everything you do unto the Lord is something great. And then if God can trust you with it, he'll give you more. Lastly, be at the right place at the right time. Be in the right place at the right time. God will give you opportunities. You can be like Daniel at the right place at the right time and do the right thing. That is the Daniel anointing. Be willing to stand. Did you get something? Me too. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Oh, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Come on, lift your hands and, and talk to Him. You might have felt convicted at one point or another. Maybe there's certain areas of your life where you're conforming. One of the reasons people don't have joy unspeakable and full of glory is because they've got compromise. A compromised Christian is a weak Christian. It's a Christian that doesn't walk in power and authority. You'll never be satisfied having compromise. You can get mad at me all you want to. Stay busted and disgusted the rest of your life. That's up to you. You'll stand before God for it. My job is to irritate you and put my finger on it, put some salt and lemon juice in it, and get you to decide, old oh, man, there's a better way. Yeah, there is a better way. You can be delivered. You can be free. You can walk in power. You can walk in authority. You can have joy unspeakable for at his right hand. There's pleasures forevermore available for you, available for me. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice and talk to him. God, release revelation to us. We want to be like Daniel in the midst of this generation. We want to be a people of uncompromised character and integrity. And our yes be yes and our no be no, but anything else comes from the devil. God, we want to be used by you. Come on, just pray in the spirit tonight. A few more moments and the service will be over.
Yes, Lord. Okay, unique call. You feel called to government. You feel a call to government. You feel like God has called you to run for office at some point or be involved in the political process. I don't mean voting. Everybody should vote. I mean, I feel called to government. If that's you, I want you to step out from where you are and just come and agree. Yeah, yeah. The mayor of Palmer feels called to government. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else? Come. Amen. I believe that. Anybody else? I don't mean somebody spoke it to you and then you're like, uh, no, you know in your heart. Yeah, for real. Some of you are wrestling with the Lord on it. Wally, are you coming up here, Wally? Reach your hands towards these. Listen, if we don't raise up people to rule in the high places and the nerve centers. Are you standing up here too? Absolutely right. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Come on, reach your hands towards these. Lift your hands. Come on, you need an anointing. You need favor. Holy Spirit. You are raising up people to be in the nerve centers of our culture. Lord, you're going to give us a whole state of Alaska. You're going to give us a whole state of Alaska. God, I pray. Churches everywhere. You're going to give us favor. Favor in high places. Lord, raise up these, I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. I'm the one that chooses. Yes. 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 Jesus' name. We agree. We agree for your plan. Rulership. Ruling. With an anointing like Daniel. The Lord says, son, dismiss. Dismiss all the arguments that you have. Dismiss them all. All the arguments from your past. All the arguments that you might have that there would be a reason for disqualification. For the Lord is the one that qualifies. The Lord brings one man down and he elevates another. And truly the Lord is elevating you. He's elevating you in the marketplace. He's elevating you in the community. He's elevating you here in the house of the Lord. Favor is not fair. Favor will follow you all the days of your life. You do your part. I'll do mine, says the Lord. You do your your part I'll do mine just show up just here's what the Lord says just show up Fire. come on somebody say hallelujah Paul I think I spit all over your shirt so we'll just count that as like a special touch amen did you guys get something from the Lord Come on, just lift your hands one more time and go, God, we pray that we would be like unto Daniel in this generation. The anointing, the power of God would flow. The power of God would flow. The power of God will flow, Lord, through us to a hurting, to a broken and a lost generation. Let your fire come. Let
let your fire come. Let your fire come, Lord, upon each and every one of us to be who we need to be, to say what we need to say. We would not shrink back and we would prepare. The Lord says, prepare for elevation. Prepare. Do your job. Study. Be prepared. Do your part. Amen. Yes, Lord. Come on, somebody say yes. I'm saying yes too. Yes. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. Those of you online, examine your heart. If you died tonight, would you go to heaven? Jesus was crucified and rose again on the third day. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Give your heart to Jesus. There's numerous people. You're living compromised. It's never going to satisfy. It'll always be torture. So you might as well just let it go. Unless you need another time around the mountain, then go for it. But I'd suggest you stop doing the, you know, praise God, your shoes don't wear out and all that. How about going to the promised land? Don't need another time around the mountain. You could stop now. It's up to you. You get to choose. You say, that's me, pastor. Okay. Pray this prayer. We're all going to pray with you. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen.